Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 22nd episode of the Shea Station podcast. We're missing one of our dearly beloved co-hosts today. Jerry Blevins is feeling a little bit under the weather, but with news as massive as what we just got this past week, the show has to go on. So I brought in a well-known Mets fan, a well-regarded Mets fan, very popular on Mets Twitter, has never angered a Mets fan in his life, really. And that would be Mr. Jake Storielli talking. Jake, he's joining me for Shea Station today. Jake, what are you thinking about this uh, this new Mets edition? I love it. I love it for our Mets. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, no, man. A, uh, Jerry feeling it a little bit. Uh, and, you know, it's fine. I think I'm going to sub in perfectly. I think me and Jerry Blevins both have the same odds of getting righties out. Yeah, uh, I think so, so. So that works fine. No, man, I, I'm excited. I Well, I shouldn't say I was excited, Jerry's sick, but I was like, well, actually, Tuesday's going to open it up. Could I get in there? Who knows? Um, and, yeah, man, I, uh, I'm i obviously a Yankees fan, as, you, as some Mets fans turn it off. Um, but, dude, I could not – I shouldn't say I could not be happier for Mets fan. That's a lie. That's talking – like, that's, you know, showing up at the 10-year reunion and saying, like, oh, I couldn't be happy for you. It's like, well, there's a little shot fired there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, they got – they got Max Scherzer. I couldn't believe it, man. Like, I, I know we were busting balls on Twitter a little bit, but they got Max Scherzer. They got Max Scherzer. Never mind Canna, Escobar, and Starling Marte, who are all really good ball players too. So, like, I, uh, I was happy. I was happy for Shea Station. How about that? I appreciate that big time, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I, I was believing all the, uh, the rumors and the news updates that it kind of like Max was using the Mets as leverage because there have been so many times where I've used the Photoshop of Max in a Mets hat just as kind of like a joke and like to rib and make people a little bit upset. And now there's Photoshops of him everywhere because it's an ensuing reality. It's going to come true soon. Uh, I mean, there are so many things to go through about this deal. It's obviously a massive deal. It's a three-year, $130 million deal. And this guy, you know, has been consistently productive for the past 10 years, a top five Cy Young vote finisher those past uh, 10 years besides 2020. And uh, this instantly becomes a top five largest contract in Mets history, right behind Johan Santana, Jacob deGrom, David Wright, and then, of course, Francisco Lindor last year. But the craziest part to me is that it's by far the highest annual value of any contract signed ever, shattering Garrett Cole's record, which was just made just a couple of years ago. So it's really like kind of putting the foot down and showing that like there are two big payroll dogs in New York now. And I, I mean, we talked a little bit before the show about like what the Yankees are doing and what's stewing up over there. I'm sure there's a big contract in the works for somebody, but like, how, how is the uneasiness? Are you feeling spooked out yet? Or like, what's the deal? Um, as a Yankee fan, I'm not scared. I'm not, the Yankees are going to make something happen. It's just a matter of what, um, and like, it, it's just, it's jealousy of the party. I mean, so, the Texas Rangers just went out and gave out what f- almost six hundred million dollars in contracts. So, like, yeah. a- as a just a baseball fan in general, uh, I'm scared of everyone else's partying. That being said, uh, the Yankees haven't started partying, and we know they're going to. They have to, man. They were tough last year. The Dodgers, like, do we think? Look at the Dodgers starting five right now. Like the Los Angeles Dodgers 
are going to be making moves. The Red mm. Sox. Uh, so there's still a lot to happen. It's just how does it happen? And, you know, there's all there's consolation prizes, but yeah. are they the good ones? And that's, I guess, the thing that's keeping us sane is the the grand prizes are still out there, too. I mean, Correa is still out there. Uh, Trevor Story is still out there as we record this. We'll see. Um, but I guess the, the thing that is daunting is it's getting thin. It's getting thin. I compared it on talking Yanks yesterday to, uh, you know, the dance floor is starting to get packed. It's the prom mm-hmm. and like the, you know, the three girls you were hoping to dance with or guys, ladies, what's going on. Um, Very nice. or fella, fella I, whatever. Yeah. Um, the three people that you came to the dance and you want to dance with are still very much there and like, you know, scratching their feet together, looking, looking to be asked to be danced, looking to be asked to be danced. That was a masterclass right there. That was good shit, dude. And it just hasn't happened yet. So uh, you just hope you don't have to go over to the geeks that are sipping on the punch in the corner and Andrelton Simmons, but the Yankees still have options. I'm not worried. I'm just, and in a stabbing ex-girlfriend kind of way, I'm very happy for the Mets. Um, and dude, I who I know. So everyone says like, you see the you see the Twitter arguments where it's like, who cares how much money they spend? It's the owner's money. I don't care. Well, how much money they spend on certain players does affect where they spend everywhere else. Like I know some of the ex-players get mad about that because you're like, well, no, it doesn't. Well, it does. There's not a team in baseball that has an $800 million, you know, salary payroll. So that being said, you got Max Scherzer. Um, And now, I mean, man, next season, the race for the playoffs is going to be incredible because it's it's Scherzer and DeGrom. It's it's making the playoffs, A, whatever the playoff Mm. format looks like. I was going to say, yeah, it could be a completely different thing now. You got potentially seven teams making the cut just like NFLs. I mean – that kind of helps out the Mets' chances a little bit, and maybe it encourages these teams, like the Rangers, you said, to spend six hundred million because it means that they could instantly get back into the playoffs in one season. There's no like crazy turn. Like the the Tigers, they're an up and up team. They just got Javi Baez. We're probably going to talk a little bit about that later. Yeah. They had to kind of have that one year turnaround where like they're getting acclimated. They got AJ Hinch in there. They're fixing their defense. But now they instantly become playoff favorites because the field is getting expanded. You know, it's not just the division winners and a couple other teams. So it makes it all the more interesting. Yeah. And you got, you know, obviously happy for the Texas Rangers. I, I think a lot of the baseball purists are scared of that new format because you want the upper echelon teams to compete to their fullest um, where, you know, we already see a lot of teams that making the playoffs is the goal. And that sounds dumb, but it's true. Like on the skin of your teeth. Like no what when was the last time you heard a fan base saying like we got you know we were we're the 2 seed. Like Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the 2 or the 7 or what. None of it matters because look, the last World Series champion won 88 games, dude. Like that that kind of mentality is just not there, you know. Exactly. So, uh it sure's earned DeGrom, man. I uh in a non-jealous ex ex-girlfriend way. Um, I hope those dudes stay healthy and two days a week, like they are just must watch. And you're looking at sad, sad hitters saying like, why, 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 why is this us? 
And then I, I think the fun part is who does step up in the rotation. And I know you think they're going to go out and get another guy. And there's, there's still some pitchers to be had. But, you know, I mean, hey, what a time to be Tyler McGill. And Yeah, you know, man. Go, go listen. <laughs> Open up your ears. Yeah. Hear what those dudes have to say. Uh, and, you know, we could be talking about one of one of those young guys playing in huge Mets playoff games or something. I mean, the fact we're even talking about this. John, I know. That's, I know. I know. Oh, it's, I'm happy it's really, for you. Yeah, I know. You still got the stabbiness to the ex-girlfriend there a little bit. But uh, you you mentioned, like, missing out on the dance a little bit. I mean, this, this almost could have been catastrophically bad because while the Mets were heavily pursuing Scherzer, they lost Kevin Gosman, who they had the highest offer for. That was confirmed soon after he signed with the Jays. Um, so, I mean, this could have ended really badly if the Scherzer did leverage him, le- uh, leverage the Mets and then go to a West Coast teams, then you end up with nothing. And this starting pitcher market after Scherzer went, after Gosma, after Ray went, it's very thin. There's two heavy guys at the top. You're Marcus Stroman up there, but you just lost Alex Cobb. I mean, after that, like if you're looking at a number three middle of the pack kind of guy, you're looking at like Zach Davies, Drew Smiley, like you're not finding that guy in free agency more anymore. You might find him in a trade, but obviously the trading market is going to heat up as well. The Mets have some guys. So they have a lot of unproven guys rounding out the three through six in their rotation right now. You have to and Scherzer. Those are locks. If they stay healthy, you have the best one, two, maybe in baseball history. That's a whole nother discussion. You have Tylon Walker, first half mm. all-star, second half worst starting pitcher in baseball. Who are you going to get? You have no idea. Arm fatigue is going to play in there. You have Cookie Carrasco. He came back a little early, probably too early last season to help out the Mets. Instead, it kind of just hurt the team and himself because he just wasn't healthy, wasn't ready to come back. Is he whole? We don't know. Tyler McGill was fantastic. His first 10 starts pitched really well in the subway series, uh, but he kind of just hit that arm fatigue towards the end. He had never pitched above double a that's a lot to ask of a really young kid. And then David Peterson, you mentioned before the show, this lefty that really had a strong 2020 uh, during that horrible Mets rotation with like Rick Porcello and Michael Walker. Mm. No one knew what the team was doing, but Peterson really stepped up. He kind of stepped back in 2021. So it's four question marks. And even if you get, one of them to hit. I think that's a huge success because just having some form of a three-headed monster at the top of this rotation is magnified by just the presence of Max Scherzer. Do I think the Mets get another starting pitcher? Maybe. Uh, Now the question is, is it going to be Marcus Stroman? Do they blow another bag and spend really, really big this offseason to the level of the Texas Rangers? Stroman has a ton of suitors, and I think him waiting on his market is honestly kind of smart because the dust is kind of settling on those 110 to 115 deals for Robbie Ray and Kevin Gossman. Stroman could end up getting maybe the extra year, maybe the extra five or 10 million. You don't know. Yeah, the the starting pitching free agency pool, you're right, man. Impact guys, Rodon, which you're taking a bet on some stuff there. Kershaw, that's a whole nother situation. Who knows what he's up to? Strohshow, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, then you start digging to another tier. And I do think that's where the Mets are probably going to land. We'll see. I mean, Uncle Steve has proven he's he's not shy. He's living up to the bill, the billing of it. Um, but I saw you tweet out Grinky before. Like, that would be fun, you know, kind, kind of the old men, the old man in the P. Uh, dude, anyone that's going to give you some MLB type innings, Johnny Cueto, don't sleep on a guy like Tyler Anderson. If he becomes like, dude, look at his game log. That guy is five innings, two earned runs. Like he was a guy I won trades last year too. He was a nice hot button trade candidate. 
Dude, it's in a sport you don't know what you're gonna get. Like Tyler Anderson last year, you knew what you were gonna get. So I I think, and this is GM Jakey, I think you get one of those bodies, maybe two. Who knows? You see how the free agency market plays out. And like you said with Taiwan Walker, figure out what clicks next year. Uh whether one of the Mets young guys, McGill or Peterson, takes a leap, or if they're just pitching good in the second half. Same with Walker. Or, you know, if you get a couple old guys and one of them is good enough for uh, a game three type start, sure. I kind of want the Mets to load up the pen and go full plan around DeGrom, Scherzer, Death Star mode. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good plan. DeGrom, like, he didn't finish the year pitching last year. Like, you're talking about pitchers being worn out. He finished the year not pitching. Scherzer's. Getting up there in years. I would bolster this bullpen. Um, although, how long was Lugo out last year? He was out for a little bit, right? Lugo missed the beginning of the year and then a couple weeks during the season, but mostly was okay throughout like months two through six. I would, like, if it, if it was down to either Stroman versus a Zach Grinke and an impact reliever, I would go that route because yeah. I would love, and I think I think you, I don't have to tell Mets fans, but like, save those starting pitchers. You know, if if Degrom throws his ninety first pitch and they've got a four run lead in July, don't be afraid to yank them. Like, go use the bullpen so when September or October comes around, they'll be there. Because yeah, I mean. Let's be honest. Like it, it's now on Degrom and Scherzer, which they're awesome. They're as good as it gets in the sport. But if they're not healthy, then then it's okay. Game one, McGill. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a really good point to make because, like, we're talking about how the starting pitcher market is thin. The bullpen market is not that thin. It's actually still pretty fat around the edges. A lot of guys haven't gone yet that are these relievers. And I think you're going to have to blow 120 mil on Stroh if you want him to come back. And like, you know what? If you do. You have the best one through three in baseball. I think that's pretty definitive. I don't think anybody rivals that. But at the same time, like, I think you're done spending after that. I think you've pretty much capped out. That's a lot of money to put into one year of a team, although there's longer contracts in between there. But if you go after, like, uh, Zach Ranky and Rich Hill and you get the old men in the rotation, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But, like, there are guys that you could trade for Craig Kimbrell. You could sign Jake Diekman or Andrew Chafin, who both had great years last year, to replace the Aaron Loop void. I definitely think that prioritizing bullpen is smart. And I think, you know, you brought up that hypothetical with, like, yanking DeGrom in July. Like, the manager wears that for a night, but in the long run, that's the kind of thing you want to see. You want to see your manager and your coaching staff protecting its players, especially after the team last year that showed a lot of promise, at least pitching-wise, just fell apart on its head because of injuries. And like you can categorize that as freak accidents or happenstance, but at the end of the day, there is a source for all these things. It goes back to something, and it's mismanagement in general. So, I mean, there, there are great ways to spend your money. I would much rather see the Mets spread it because, I mean, the first spree of signings was Canna, uh, Escobar, and Marte, and the combination of those three contracts equivocates to one Michael Conforto. That's the Mets spreading their wealth and getting a bunch of pieces instead of one key impact piece, and I think that can help them, man. Depth is key in this league. It's becoming the the way of the game. And that's, I mean, outside of Scherzer DeGrom, as you said, have an argument for the best one-two punch in baseball history. 
the Mets depth, man, that's what I love. And I, you know, baseball is figuring itself out between the DH and, you know, basically they got rid of baseball benches a little bit in the AL because you just stacked as many pitchers as you could. Dude, the Mets bench right now, as it's listed on fan graphs, is Guillaume, who I love. I think he's probably best fit as a 10th, 11th man on, on yeah, the lineup. Yeah. But, but if Guillaume's starting a game, you don't feel bad about it. Like, you're going to get at-bats. Um, meanwhile, J.D. Davis. Like, hey, we'll see if the DH spot comes in. Like, it definitely is. Everyone says it is. Um, I think J.D. Davis can hit. I don't, I don't think that's ever been the problem. Jeff McNeil. Didn't watch too much of last season. Um, Wasn't pretty. I, I, I know. I I I loved Jeff McNeil before last season. We'll see if he got fixed or if he was hurt or what happened. And then, dude, Big Dom Smith. So, like, that's a that's a bench currently. And you know, okay, so they had the DH, and you got a Dom JD platoon. That's pretty nice. Or Robin or Robinson Cano. He might slip in there. They are currently set, and I guess spinning it back to to everyone's favorite, the Yankees, right now. They're still doing. They're still waiting to ask who's going to dance. They don't have any depth right now. Like the the Yankees. Let me. I'll click over just because I think the people will be entertained by it. Because again, I just said Dom Smith, who coming off of 2020, people were arguing he was a top five young hitter in baseball. People were arguing he should be starting at first base every day too, like with the DH coming or whatever. Right. So um, right now the Yankees bench is Jose Peraza, Estevan Florial, and Andujar. That's how it's listed. A lot of positions there, but that's like, that's not enough. That will change. Yeah. But the Mets already have this, so they can sit and you can game plan. And if you add the DH, I already talked about the platoon and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I love their depth because injuries are so prevalent across all sports. Like there's, there's got to be science studies that we're, we're pushing the human body too far, and that's why if your body doesn't look like Wade Boggs or George Brett, it's harder to play 150 games. Uh, but, yeah, that depth is so important. There's You just find yourself so many days when you look at half an MLB lineup and you're like, what are we doing? That's what I'm saying about the Rangers, man. Mets have a lineup and a half right now. Yeah. I mean, like the Rangers, they spent big. They got their the maybe the best middle infield in baseball, but like the rest of that lineup is like bare bones. There's nothing there. And there's especially nothing on the bench. Listen, if the Mets brought back Conforto, it, it would it would have warmed my heart and I would have gotten to, you know, wear my jersey out still or whatever. But at the same time, like we would have had the same issues that we had last year it would have been all right. I guess Dom's going to play left field or Jeff's going to play left field, even though he's a second baseman and like J.D. Davis is going to play third. But we know he can't play third. So we're going to have to watch that again. But because you spread the wealth and you get three pieces, now those guys are relegated to the bench. They may not be happy about it, but these guys can thrive in those roles. Like you said before, J.D. Davis hitting has never been the problem. He had some right hand issues. He was like missing a tendon in his hand. That's going to fuck up your swing one way or the other. That's just how it goes. If J.D. can DH against lefties, he's going to bat 300. I'm pretty sure that's a lock. Dom, the same thing. Dom was really good reverse splits, but he had to play left field. Dom doesn't play left field as a first baseman, and he's a really good one, too. Add in the DH. Now he can play first base, peak, and DH. There's a lot of options here, a lot of moving parts, and I think you can get one more guy. Like Maybe you bring back Jonathan VR. He can play multiple positions. He can play the outfield, too. I think versatility is so important for this team because we've spent so many years 
playing guys where they don't belong. When we made the World Series, Wilmer Flores was our shortstop. He plays first base mm. now. You know what I mean? Like times have changed. And you mentioned the prior uh, prioritization of the bench. The Giants had a six-man bench, and that worked really well for them, man. They had still had a solid bullpen, a solid rotation, but because they had six guys on that bench and could do whatever they want with their lineup, they were constantly a threat on offense, and I think that's the direction that this team is going in. Maybe they're missing one piece still, but I really like the way this offense looks right now. And I, I think where baseball's going to come around on defense because, you know, Analytics hasn't figured out baseball defense yet. They're trying their damnest, and you can use a bunch of different metrics. Um, Eddie Escobar, uh, I think he is going to be every Mets fan's favorite player. Um, I'm super biased. He's my he's he was my favorite player to watch. Like, just if you flipped on a random game, Eddie Escobar always catches my eyes. I call him five tool light. He's got a little bit of contact, a little bit of power, a little bit of defense, a little bit of speed. He just he just impacts the game all around. And I think what baseball hadn't figured out with defense is you can't just put a guy in a spot. Like, I don't think Eddie Escobar grades out as a plus at third base or defense. And that's because he's 33 now. And that's fine. He's going to be 33 going into the season. But he can play those positions. He can make the plays that, like, you need to make as a major league team. And I just think there was too much around baseball of the – Hey, Dom, go get it in left. And, yeah. uh, you know, at, at team, every team has their guy that, well, we like him a lot, so let's let's try him here. Let's just get him in the lineup one way or the other, but, like, that's just not how it works. It just isn't how baseball works. The baseball gods will chew that up and spit that out at the worst moment. So, um, and, dude, it, that's – I usually reference it as the bullpen um, – just juggle like if if you add an eighth inning guy that can change your whole bullpen because you're you're all day thinning guys now in the seventh and you're in the sixth etc cetera, etc cetera. i think the mets could see that on defense with starling Marte going to center um mark canna is as solid as it gets um you know one of those <laughs> for lack of a bigger term one of those big oafs is going to be dhing yeah like when you put that all in the puzzle and what that does on a day to day with solid, if you've got your two aces dropping it regularly and then you're getting solid defense and a one through a one through eight lineup that's giving at bats, that's how you win a lot of games. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. And like we we've already seen a little bit of the difference from last year of how much better the Mets defense got, even with these holes still out there. And obviously your outfield gets weaker without Conforto out there, but I think Nemo gets to go to left now. He doesn't have to cover as much range. His weaker arm isn't as on display as it was in center. Uh, Eddie Escobar can play third and second. He's a much better second baseman than third baseman. So you know what? You can plug in a guy at third if you want to. I know KB's still out there. I don't think that's going to happen. I heard those rumors. That would be pretty crazy. Um, but pitchers want to pitch for teams that can play good D behind them. I think like that's really a big reason why Marcus Stroman had such a fantastic year. It's because he had Francisco Lindor fielding half of the ground balls that, you know, we're putting play on him. And that just, it adds up, man. It makes a huge difference. You don't want to put together a rotation of five strikeout guys because at the end of the day, they'll have off days and, you know, those pitches will get rocked and there's not much your defense can do about that. But having DeGrom and Scherzer at the top, 
their numbers are only going to get magnified if they stayed healthy because this is a much more well-rounded team. It's a much more athletic team, a faster team. We didn't steal any bases last year. Stalling Marte nearly outstole our entire team. Now he's joining our team. I think it's just these little differences that are kind of going under the radar that are going to make this team much more sound and just look more like a complete squad, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. It's the... Puzzle's not the right word. It's like, what's something that rolls into it's just the everyday of baseball that, you know, if if Scherzer goes out and he pitches eight innings and he's nasty, which, by the way, he does that, um, you know, and then you have the fresh bullpen the next day. So Taiwan Walker, he can go five innings, one earned. And if he's at 85 pitches and you say, well, do we want to shake another one out of Taiwan? Well, the bullpen's fresh. Let's get him a win and keep it moving. And then the defense is making plays by it. And then it's just this avalanche effect of baseball that is unmeasurable. It will, it, you literally can't, that the good teams in baseball have. And I, I think, man, keep those two dudes healthy. F- figure out what bats are making it worse. Like, you know, on that, that Mets bench right now, which some of those guys will be playing a lot, Jeff McNeil, J.D. Davis, Dom Smith. Those guys outside of no shots fired at J.D. No, I get that. McNeil or Smith could have an all-star season. Yeah. It would start for a lot of teams, man. They could find themselves playing every day for two months, and their bats have proven they could be hot for those two months. Or baseball is a sixth sport in the other way. That guys will have bad years. It's unstoppable. You just don't know who. So I'm I'm out here raving about Eddie Escobar saying he could be he's going to be Mets fans' favorite player. Guess what? He could have two brutal months and then he's buried behind McNeedle. McNeil, who looks great again. I like McNeedle. It's pretty good. McNeedle. That was uh that was my old nickname for my old nickname for a different reason. Um but yeah, man, I that's I love it for the Mets. The the for them. So I've got my weird Yankees dancing analogy where they're staring at everyone. I and, thought it was you know, pretty good, man. They they still have their partners. They just got to figure it out. The Mets, like for me, they're, you know, they're a Chipotle bowl or something. And they're at this point, they're debating if they want a little sour cream today or a little pico or a little cheese. Like they it's set. It's just it's like, are they going to get the guac? Are they going to get the Glock? So let, let me let me pose you this, this hypothetical, because we know for those who don't know, Javi Bar- Javier Baez is a Detroit Tiger now, six year, one hundred twenty million dollar deal. He's no longer second baseman for the New York Mets. So there is that hole there. Jeff McNeil will probably fill it. Maybe he'll be on the bench. You got a little bit of, of dough left to spend. And the Mets have displayed already that they know how to spread it well and build some depth on the team. So you said you're prioritizing a bullpen guy, maybe. So I, I, I'm, I'm asking you, if you can get one more bat and maybe one more arm, who mm. would who do you think fits on this team the best? And I, I can go before you to give you a little bit of time, if that's cool with you. Yeah, run it. All right. All right. So I think that Eddie Escobar, he's a, he's a nice fit at second base, but you can also throw McNeil there. I think the Mets need to look for one more guy that is going to be this like universally versatile kind of guy. Um, 
the easy answer here is Chris Taylor, but obviously Chris Taylor has that fat price tag and I'm sure teams like the Yankees are going to be in on him just because every team, every team should be in on Chris Taylor. He's a postseason performer. He plays five positions. He has plenty of experience. It's a no doubter. Obviously I think the Mets probably go back and give Jonathan VR a call. I think that's probably a smart idea. He played second, third, short and center field for us last year. He's going to be coming off the bench again, but when he was a starter, he was pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he had his, you know, shortcomings, a lot of pickoff moments and stuff like that, but you know, he's still a good ball player over in the arms. I don't think you're going to get Marcus Stroman. I think the Mets fans, you know, we we've spent big. So now we want to continue to spend big and continue making noise and have those nights that go up to 2 AM where you're refreshing Twitter, waiting for news. Every night can't be like that. I think the Mets uh, get some sort of number three starting pitcher in that rotation. They've already been rumored to be targeting one more guy. I, th- I personally think I would like Zach Granke. I know it's another older guy, but I just think the wisdom that can be passed on to the younger guys is substantial there with those three. Does Zach like the New York scene? I don't know. We'll see. And then in the bullpen, I don't think a trade for Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell is in the cards. I think that's going to be the Phillies move just because they haven't done much yet. And I think they need to make a high impact move. I think an Andrew Chafin or a, or a Jake Diekman, get another lefty in there, get another shorthanded reliever. So you have four at your disposal and Trevor May, Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, and whoever you add. I think if you, if you do those things, even two of those things, uh, this is officially like an A plus off season for the Mets. I have good news for you. It's already an A plus off season. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, you know, you got, you got Scherzer and dude, we didn't talk about Starling Marte too much. Um, Measure center fielders against other center fielders. That's I say that a lot on talking baseball. Um, it's a different position. There's not a lot of good ones right now, you know, dude. It's I, it kind of hurts my heart. Uh, the two the two positions I'm most attached to are center field and third base. Third base is in this golden era. It's beautiful. Go look at all the third basemen on the West Coast. It's like gross. Uh, center fielders are thin, man. Is like Ryan Reynolds, Starling Marte. Cedric Mullins, Trouty, Cedric Mullins, and Trout was her, but like, it's it's it would shock you. Springer, we'll see if he's playing center. Anyways, um, Starling Marte is going to be an, an impact signing. First couple years, interested to see the later years. I think we That's all true. are, but yep. who cares for now? Anyways, um, yeah, man, like I, if I'm the Mets. You know, you're in bed with Edwin Diaz. Like, he's he's the closer. That's it's, it. He's like, there. He's not going anywhere. I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even, well, any team wants Rysel Iglesias, but, like, I wouldn't even want that to become a conversation. Like, Edwin Diaz, his stats are nasty. When he's right, he's nasty. And I think the Mets have prioritized not giving up that draft pick. So I think Rysel is, like, out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, like, guys I would be interested in for the Mets, Colin McHugh, who had a really big mm. year last year, and he can pitch multiple innings. That's the kind of Tapera. I'd have to look at his game log a little bit and see see what kind of multiple inning usage he has. But I guess that's what I'm saying. To get through a baseball season nowadays, and we kind of saw it with the Red Sox in their playoff runs. If you can have pitchers just go, um, like okay, so again, I'll paint the picture. It's August. Scherzer, Scherzer just dropped it again. It's, you know, it is six to one uh, in the sixth inning over his nationals. A little redemption. Mm, game. I like it. If you can go to a guy like a Colin McHugh and hell right out the game, 
Um, like that changes your bullpen. You just gave everyone else a day off. McHugh, we'll see you in three days. But you just gave the rest of the bullpen an off day. Like I think guys like that are going to become more and more impactful. Um, and I'm I'd be really interested to see his price tag. He's 35. He did have a really nice year last year. Um, but yeah, give give me a guy like that because I think it'll a make the bullpen have more of a punch. And B, I think it'll save the guys in the rotation that are the guys you need to save. So, yeah, it would be a guy. How about Colin McHugh? Granky's so funny to think about. I know. That's in that crew, Which makes no man. sense in New York, but I would absolutely love it. There'd man. be such good screenshots of him mm. just, like, kind of looking lost and scared. Um, dude, I, where are Mets fans at with VR? Like, we're... Yeah, man, it's it's conflicting because <laughs> I like a lot of people have just attached it. Like we had that bench mob era of the guys really stepping it up that were in AAA that kind of just carried the load. Uh, and VR was like the forefront of that, man. He was the first one that got thrust into action pretty much. And I, I the thing I remember a lot about his 2021 season, because, you know, he came back at the end. But just as everyone got back, just as we got back, Michael Conforto and J.D. Davis and Dom Smith back into the regular lineup. That's when VR went on the IL. He played literally until he got injured filling in for these guys. And I think he just, he won over a lot of Mets fans. You look at his stats and like, they're good. He was an above average offensive player. He had some defensive shortcomings, got picked off a lot. But in terms of like the image to Mets fans, I think some sort of continuity is important between seasons because we are entering a new era of Mets baseball a little bit. Michael Conforto is probably not going to be a Met anymore. You're, you're saying goodbye to some of these other guys. Noah Syndergaard is gone. You know, that era of the five horsemen is dead completely, except for Jacob deGrom. So I think some sort of continuity between these seasons would be, you know, something valuable to the team. And this would not be expensive for them at all, considering what they've spent. I guess, man, Jonathan VR, I Jolly, I know, you know, so these people probably have no idea. You do some videos on the internet about baseball players. Um, dude, Jonathan VR, since 2015, he's got a 99 OPS plus, which you say, okay, so that's a little he's average. A- there you go. Average. But guess what? He's stolen 197 bags yeah. and he plays all around the horn. So like, Again, everything I said about depth and value, like if the Yankees signed Jonathan VR tomorrow, I would be stoked. So I guess to that, yes, Mets fans, if Jonathan VR came back, be happy about that. Hell yeah. um, and he's played a ton of game. He played 142 games last year for the Mets. Yeah, I, I think durability is going to be so important for this team. You, can, you can't have a repeat of last year. Like if you lose... DeGrom and Scherzer, it's one thing. I get that. It's really hard to overcome when you invest that much into two guys. But you cannot have the lineup woes that you did last year. I think they've already done a good job addressing it by getting some on-base guys and getting a little bit more pop into that lineup. But you need guys that are going to stay on the field. You can't go reaching into the AAA bag again and pull out a Jared Eikhoff or a Brandon mm. Drury and play them every day when you're in a playoff race, man. Even if there's seven spots, you know, you can't take that for granted. And I think, you know, Steve Cohen is learning a little bit of a lesson here. I think Billy Epler has already learned that lesson with the Angels that, you know, the bottom drops out quick, man. You know, dominoes tend to fall, you know, in order. So I'm hoping that, you know, the Mets get a couple more pieces to back up these guys. They already have decent backup, but even more is just going to make me feel comfortable, you know. So how about this? I, I'll, I'll pose this to you. Let's say the Mets offseason is an A currently, which 
again, I think is lowballing it because you got Max Scherzer. Um, what what would be the only things to happen to keep it at an A? Like if this is it, like I, I guess if if the if they don't sign anyone, there would be a little bit of you going to spring training. And it's like yeah, I just thought we were gonna get you know another start or another review. Yeah. Or I guess is there, and the other question, which is really tough to pose because I, I don't want it to be to come off as a shot at a player, but like, is there a rumored name out there that would be like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what we want. I don't think that's the fit. Okay. Yeah. No, I get that. I don't think it's necessarily a shot. I just think, you know, it's like, no, how, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, obviously like we started the show by saying like, you know, own like fans shouldn't care about how the owners spend their money, but like, you know, there is an investment there. Like I do give a shit about how Steve Cohen is going to blow $130 million on a player. I, I get that part of it. I don't think the Mets should offer somebody another contract in the hundreds of millions. I don't think any okay. more of these contracts should exceed three years. Um, I get making a splash. And I think the Mets have become an instant playoff contender with these moves. That doesn't necessarily mean that we need to, bust our entire load on this offseason because there are nice classes coming up too. Granted, you know, maybe some aspects of them aren't as strong, like the starting pitcher market or what have you. But I think the Mets have done enough to prove to people that they are a serious team. You can continue your LL Mets. Some Mets things are bound to happen. Someone will get fired. It's just the Mets way. But in terms of like what you've done this offseason, you're at an A right now. I think all you need to do to get to that next level is to just, you know, sprinkle in a little bit of seasoning. You know, you don't have to go insane. Water the plants a little bit. You don't need to plant an entire another bush next to the bush you've already planted because that one looks great. Just put some flowers around it. That's all you really need to do. So I think depth, depth and like a bullpen piece. And I think you're golden. Man, we uh, between metaphors. Yeah, planting, chipotle, dancing. Jake, you're rubbing any, off on me, man. Any any other you wish. Um, hey, come on now. It's a family show. Uh, no, I no, I mean, and that's a, I guess the one thing I think I could shake you on, on that standpoint, well, I guess you did say $100 million. If, if we made it, if we made it $20 million, like you for say you you wanted something under 20 million per year. I think Chris Taylor is the only one I could I could really shake your nest at with that, but uh and uh, the one the one it. I truly would have loved was uh John Gray, but he went during the max yeah. sweepstakes and I know that they wouldn't have got Max if yeah. he wasn't their only laser focus. So it's an understandable shortcoming, but he would have been such an ideal number 3 not only because of his upside, but for the potential for him to learn from DeGrom and Scherzer, who everyone who has pitched for the Mets has noted DeGrom as like a person of wisdom. We interviewed Drew Smith on the show a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he he told us, like, I know it's a cliche, but you can learn so much by just watching him every day and like what he does, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, uh, man, John Gray. Rangers, that's the one they really... They really snuck that one under everyone. Four fifty-six. That's like nothing for him. That was my going away statement on that. Was like at, at a fan of any team would like that. They're like, yeah, sure. John Gray Every team should in be Colorado. In okay, yeah. why not? Uh, we'll see if it works. Um, good. Go Mets. Go Harvey's Mets, a free, Harvey's a free agent. Go get him. Go get go get Bart, man. Fifty-year-old Bart. I am. <laughs> You've you've talked me into the old man Mets. Um, 
give me Rich Hill, give me Green. Like, I just think it, it would be fun, man. We'll make some shirts of them with like that's how that's free merch. Stuff. Yeah. Hey, speaking of merch, uh, people watching on YouTube, you see my Shea Station tee, clean as always. They got them in gray and black, but we also just threw on a couple of Mad Max shirts in honor of his signing with the Mets. So if you go to shop.jumblymedia.com, head over to the Shea Station chat. Uh, you can uh, find those shirts. We got one with blue and orange eyes on them. Um, a lot of Max, uh, Mad Max detailing. The shirts look clean. Uh, and you want to, you know, you want to get your Mad Max uh, merch soon because, you know, he's going to be making his debut in just a couple of months. I'll be at his first game, April 2nd. Mm. Hopefully that's going to be his first game unless he gets opening day, which we didn't talk about, actually. Is uh, Jacob DeGrom still your opening day starter, right? Interesting. Um, following up on before, uh, Rich Hill, Oliver Perez, and Jay Happ. Um, to Perfect. Mets official. Uh, yeah, it's going to be. I'm interested to see how they do that because Scherzer's a sick puppy. You don't want to hurt feelings, you know? This is, this is DeGrom's house. I mean, there's like, there's part of me that obviously loves them being gentlemen and like Scherzer's like, your team, your opening day. Part of me loves DeGrom turning to Scherzer and be like, you know, you've you've also earned this and you're right. Part of me wants them to, like, compete at Mets spring training for opening day. That's what I'm saying, because it's against the Nationals, man. That's like it's more spice to it, you know, like Max might want that game. You know what I mean? That's so fun. Uh, that's such a dumb, useless, fun conversation. <laughs> uh, but that's what baseball and podcasting is all about. So I agree. All right, Jake, what do you say? Let's go Mets, babe. That's Let's what go I, Mets, baby. That's what I say every episode of, of this show. Of course. Uh, guys, thank you for tuning in to the 22nd episode of Shea Station. Jake, thank you for filling in for our guy, Jerry. Everyone send Jerry your love and your your, uh, your good feelings because he's uh, feeling a little bit under the weather, but he'll be back. He'll be fine. He's Jerry Blevins. Come on. It's Jerry, Jerry effing Blevins. But uh, yeah, guys, that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you sometime next week, probably when we're locked out to discuss probably nothing. But, you know, we'll we'll figure out a way to make it entertaining. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, no. But if you're a Mets fan, you got plenty to think about for the next two months. If you're a Yankees fan, sorry. Just debate the opening day starter for two months. There you go. (laughs) It'll be an endless debate. Just keep going. All right, guys. See you soon. Strike three, a career high 15 strikeouts for Jacob DeGrom. Alonzo to his left, flipped to DeGrom, and the ball.